mama, are you stuck, trapped, feeling like you just cannot find the answers no matter where you look? Mainstream advice is just not working anymore. You've searched everywhere and bought everything and you still feel like you and your kids are stuck in a grindy trap. Well, I am here to help you find solutions that integrate your kids into your life so it can feel flowy and easy and fun because I know that's available to all of us. So I had been talking a lot on Instagram stories about play and how we have almost bastardized play for our children and for ourselves by becoming consumed with it and thinking that the more we play with our children, the more we engross our time in them, the smarter they'll be, the easier the education system will be on them and they'll grow up to be these amazing people. And you know, play has really just become a commercial product uh, over the last 20, probably 30 years, but really in the last 20 years, the volume of materials required to support any level of what we consider play with children has become (laughs) massive. and, And we are literally playing with those tools and thinking they're going to make our kids smarter and all it's doing is causing us to be more stressed and more segregated because we think that these tools are going to help us but it's making our lives so much harder as mothers. We already have so much on our plates and so many things to do and then we think we have to sit and play with our children because it's going to make them smarter. And the thing that the part that is causing this massive gap for us is that our kids are no longer integrated into our lives and we've lost that integration you know the soul that comes comes through when we are merely with our our kids and we operate and function together almost as one person uh And we move through time and space together, doing things together. And as our family sizes have gotten smaller, and many of us only have one or two children, I have four, so I'm not experiencing this anymore, but I can remember what it was like when I only had one and I had two children, that we're trying to bridge the gap, you know. So obviously we can't be on play dates all the time and we can't be going and doing stuff all the time so we sit and play instead because we think this is going to bridge the gap that our kids are possibly missing out on from not having as many siblings or or whatever and at some point we have to come back to that grounding self you know when I was talking about play on my Instagram stories everyone was like oh I hate playing with my kids, but I think it's something I should do. Or, oh, I feel so guilty for not playing with my kids all the time. Um, They're always asking me. Or someone said to me, like, oh, I think it's my ADD. That's why I can't 
enjoy playing with my kids. And actually, like, I think that's all bullshit. It's like we have this, we know inside that this kind of feels weird and off. It, it feels really unnatural. Like parents aren't really supposed to be pretending to be a baby or pretending to be a car or whatever. We know that feels off and out of segregation for ourselves. The problem is, is that we're not listening to that. And so when we go through our day and we're constantly being stopped to play and we're like, no, but I have to do this. No, I need to cook dinner now. No, I need to do the dishes now. I need to hang out the washing now. The big barrier in this is not the fact that you're saying those things. It's that we're not integrating our children as part of those things. I don't believe any mother should ever be hanging the washing out on her own. Even with a small toddler, they, sh- they should be helping you. They should be passing you the pegs. Generally, I'd have like a an error that they can pop some things over and mimic me. Like everybody should be involved in everything. And if you have older children, they should be responsible for very specific areas of life. Like, you know, maybe you've got a big kid who for a little while wants to do the washing on their own for two weeks. And, and that's fine. You know, I think the part where this got really hard and grindy is that we think we have to play with our kids and we think if we're not playing with them, we have a chore chart of predictable tasks that they need to complete to be functioning. And like both of those things feel like pulling your fucking teeth out, right? Like, I mean... If I gave you a chore chart every day, would you feel inspired to do that? No. Like, I don't I don't know any kid that wakes up and looks at their list of chores and is like, boom, bitch, let's do this. <laughs> and life should always be interchanging and revolving. You know, if you have a small baby. Maybe making beds isn't a priority right now, but keeping the bathroom semi-clean so that when you go to the bathroom as a new mum, you don't feel like you're sitting on a toilet grenade, right? Like everything must be circular for where you are at this point in time. But because we have made our lives so full and so busy, there's no space, right? Like for even looking at these things, like maybe, you know... (laughs) There's all these like self-help gurus who are like, if you don't make your bed, you won't function in life. And to some extent, I do believe in these kinds of processes. I like a well-made bed. But is forcing our kids to make their bed every single morning achieving what we want them to achieve? You know, I would rather my kids get out of bed with a spring in their step and be like, hey, what could we all make for breakfast together? And then as they get dressed in the morning, pull their sheets up on their bed and make them, make it just look nice. You know, I don't even say go and make your bed anymore. I'll say, can you go and make your bed beautiful in whatever way you desire? And so for me, that is a really neat and tidy bed. I'm sitting on my neat and tidy bed now. 
uh, for my one of my daughters, who's a lover of stuffed animals. Uh, hers is displaying them in some kind of adventure. For my older boy, who really doesn't care, it's like a mere pulling up of the sheets. And for my other girl, she'll often go and change her pillowcase. <laughs> so everyone's really at like a totally different vibe. And chore charts don't really leave a lot of space for that. You know, we all love, like so many of us love watching The Sound of Music when we were kids, right? But that's not how we want to live. And that's how it feels to our kids and even if you don't have those same steps and you're not blowing the whistle it's so rushed that it feels like that and your life is so full that it feels like you're blowing a whistle on your kids all the time so but there's only like one or two ways (laughs) to really move through it and it's to like let all of those rules, let all of those things that those parenting experts or your GP or even the pediatrician or any of those people said to you is to let that stuff go and start feeling like deep down inside what it's like to live let's say even in a cave or to cohabit or to be in the forest with these people all the time that you made. And what would that look like without all of your rules? You know, most people who know me would know, like, I'm pretty firm. I I don't have, like, I don't tolerate a lot of fighting and bickering and and kind of outlandishness but my kids have so much freedom in other places of their life that they don't need to fight about it and when you increase their freedom of self and their freedom of self-expression they stop resisting you so hard When it comes to cooking dinner, if you're not trying to control it all and you just like, you guys choose the veggies, you guys choose how they're chopped up, I don't don't really mind, I'll eat whatever. When you just like let it all go, there's so much pleasure and so much joy when you sit down to those haphazardly chopped up carrots and the grated cucumber or whatever, the ways that they've experimented with those things to bring them to you is done with love and joy and not control. And play is always removing from those things. When, we're, when we think we have to sit and play with our children all the time, we're resentful and we're angry and we want to snap right? Like I know, I mean, I do sit sometimes with my toddler when I can tell he needs some resetting. We might build a train track or I don't really invest myself in it. I'm 
kind of mildly distracted all the time, you know, like usually if I'm doing that, it's because the other kids are doing some kind of lesson and he's being annoying. (laughs) So I'll sit with them and just be talking to the big kids and building a train track and he's doing his own thing with it. And often as I'm building it, he'll just quietly go and find something else to play with. So the alternate art form of play when you really look at children is anyone who's had a toddler. So if you only have babies right now, you you might not realise this, but when you have a, a toddler and they're off playing on their own and sometimes that can go for a couple of minutes or sometimes it can go for like well over an hour, sometimes hours, of just their pure engrossment. Usually I don't find it's with specific toys. Often it can be with a hose, a sheet, the kitchen cupboard, uh, the, the plastic measuring cups. It can be the most smallest, most different things. And then they're gone and they're there and they're in this space you know, for adults, we're trying to reenact that with meditation, but (laughs) does that always work? No, because we don't know how to take ourselves to that state, but that's a whole nother story to go down. But when you've observed a toddler in that state, that is the purest form of play. And when we get involved in that type of play, we're disrupting that. We're, we're, we're like we're removing the learning from that play, and I don't think there's anything <laughs> more degrading for either person. But your kids, when they say, "Come play with me," "Come play with me," "Come play with me," they're saying something to you because they know at this point in time through social conditioning that that is how they'll gain your attention. But what they're really saying if they hadn't spent the last 5, 10, 15 years being conditioned to that, and you can see it with teens when they try and wrestle with their dad, is I need you. I need you at this moment to see me and to be with me, most likely to fully hold me and to touch me. But that doesn't mean it needs to be through play. What does that look like? Well, sometimes it's just sitting and having a hug. So if your kids come to you and say, I want to play, I want to play, come play this, come play this. Would you like a hug? Sometimes it's that there's a break in their play and they're not sure what to do next. And usually that's because, you know, 60 or 70 years ago, they would have been invested in the home. Most kids that I come across these days would have absolutely no concept of what's going on in the home. And so they have no idea what to do other than play. And so when you have toddlers and younger children, any age children, and they're coming to you and they're asking you for something, you know, sometimes with older kids, it, it's like coming through or manifesting through as uh, stuff. 
like I want this toy or I want this doll or I want this. And all of it is just giving you this, it's like, here's the key, unlock it and connect with me. Um, One of my girls loves clothes, like no, and no different to me, probably heavily influenced by my love of fashion. And she wants to talk about and look at clothes all the time. She wants me to take a pair of scissors to lots of her clothes when I say I won't buy her more. <laughs> and it's a point of connection. She just wants to she just wants to chat. She doesn't want me to sit and play with her. She wants to connect with me. So sometimes that might just be like laying on my bed and chatting about cool things we can do with clothes. Or with one of my other girls who will ask me for colouring ins. That's something she enjoys doing or maths she enjoys doing. And when she's asking me for those things, she's saying, hey, I've got time and space and I'm not sure what to do with it. You know, there really is no difference between the wording of I am bored and come play with me. And every time one of your kid says that to you if you move it to something else like hey why don't we just go sit and fold all those socks together and we can talk about what what we're going to do this afternoon or you know children just want to be with you so if you're changing sheets you might say can you go put those sheets in the washing machine and turn it on this and then you realize oh like they They're like, I don't know how to do that. And you're like, okay, well, let's go turn it on and this is what it will look like and this is what we'll do. And you just feel a shift. And if you respond to your children pretty consistently with these kinds of redirections and integrations, your life gets so much more fluid. I can remember when I had two children in 19 months, my two older kids, and every day was like hanging out for fucking nap time. I had two jobs at that point and I would hang out for nap time so I could literally burst through my home and clean it all up and sit down at the computer and respond to all of the work that I had, which at that point from memory felt like (laughs) a mountain. And I was like, I can't do this all in that time. I can't. And I realized after some time, obviously, that this wasn't the way forward. I think it took me another child and working with hundreds of women on a parenting forum to realise that this is unsustainable and it's unsustainable for any mother to operate in these conditions. So every time your beautiful kids want to play with you, What they're saying to you is, I just want to connect with you and let's find a way 
let's find a way to connect through life. Sending you lots of love, mamas, and I know today might feel hard, but the sun always rises on the next day and you have another chance, I promise.